0: In conclusion, this book, while excellent in its analysis of is to, a to bring so together the theories and methods the of two different fields humanity, of study, social history, but detailed and enough so that
1: more seasoned researchers will. find I'm Robert Casanello. I'm the vice president of research and publications at HNet, and this is the Art of the Review podcast.
2: I'm Elena Kalinski, managing editor of HNet Reviews, and this is a podcast where we examine reviewing and criticism as an academic form.
1: This podcast is brought to you by HNET and the University of Central Florida's Center for Humanities and Digital Research.
2: Welcome to the Art of the Review podcast.
1: Okay, welcome to this episode of the Art of the Review. And in this episode, we are going to look at the idea of reviewing a game, specifically a video game, one that is called That Dragon Cancer. And what's interesting about this episode, it kind of harkens back to our previous episode on the film festival. And Yelena, you really kind of came up with a great idea that film festivals represent this idea of collective reviewing. You know, there isn't a single person's name attached to, you know, what a film festival awards or what a film festival screens, but as part of this collective reviewing process. And for those people out there who might be really interested in websites that review films, they might have come across the website Rotten Tomatoes. And so in what way does Rotten Tomatoes, Yelena, represent this type of collective reviewing?
2: Well, it's interesting. So, when you talked to Lisa Mills, she talked about the jury and the audience as uh, kind of different kinds of critics within a film festival. And a similar thing is happening with Rotten Tomatoes. You have, you know, the critical um, assessments that are sort of aggregated, and you have the viewer reviews. Um, and a similar thing is happening on video game reviews. So, if you go to Metacritic, That is a website that collects user reviews of games as well as uh, critics' reviews of video games. What I had noticed, I had just been listening to a podcast. Um, I'm a little bit of a podcast enthusiast, if uh, listeners (laughs) don't know. Um, And I was listening to Radiolab, and they did an episode called The Cathedral uh, about the game That Dragon Cancer, And it had been picked up on other podcasts that I had listened to. And also there was a documentary film about it on the front page of the New York Times recently. So I kind of was hearing about this game. This is a game that was created by uh, Ryan and Amy Green. Ryan Green was a game designer, um, but they had a son who was terminally ill. And he just needed to find a way to kind of channel his his grief about his son's illness and he created this game the reviews of this game were very interesting the critical reviews on Metacritic were very positive but the player reviews on Metacritic were pretty negative and they said things like there's not enough gameplay and this isn't a game and things like this so I thought this was kind of an interesting subject to talk about with respect to reviewing
1: sure sure yeah, and so what, what I did is I actually found a person on my end here at the University of Florida. We actually have quite a few professors who teach uh, gaming and game theory and things, and I, I sent a variety of them sort of a feeler. And um, Ron Weaver came back, who's with the Florida Interactive Entertainment Academy at UCF, and he actually played this game and really kind of considered this game, and he sort of jumped at the opportunity to talk about it.
2: Yes. Yeah, so let's listen to that interview.
1: All right. Well, thank you for joining me on this episode of The Art of the Review. And if you could just introduce yourself to our subscribers.
0: My name is Ron Weaver, and I'm the Technical Design Director at FIA. We are a graduate school for game development at UCF.
1: Great. You know, one of the reasons we wanted to talk to you on The Art of the Review was because we were want to get a handle on what is it to – Reviewing a game and so I guess let's start really kind of simply here and can when we're talking about game or gaming What what exactly is that as an entity or a product?
0: Gaming as an entity?
1: Yeah, like what is if someone says oh, I'm interested in, in Teaching a class on gaming or I'm interested in learning about a sub the subfield of gaming. What is it that they're talking about?
0: Well, it's a pretty diverse industry at this point point. I mean, people think of the old arcade games oftentimes when they think of games, but the industry has flowered since that time with many different types of experiences. So, sure, you have your small, quick, arcade-like experiences, and you still see a lot of that in the modern era on phones, uh, Twitch games, where it's a light, small experience. Often, you know, people will term these as casual games, but you also have the, uh, the more in-depth and deeper and immersive and narrative experiences that are out there as well on console and PC in particular that some people might call hardcore. And those games have evolved to the point where we are telling massive, massive stories in huge worlds and the player is able to become whoever they wish and do whatever they want. And so we're starting to realize those dreams of these massive expansive games. And there's everything in between. So I would say that the game industry as a whole is presenting quite a lot of different options for those who are seeking different kinds of interactive experiences. So I mean, is it correct?
1: Because you're you're talking to someone who's absolutely not even not not even so much in the field. But I don't even I don't even play any of these games. So is it is it accurate to use the term video game, or is it a, a digital experience? Like what you know, what would be the, the the proper nomenclature for all this?
0: I would say we need some more terms. I think the term game or video game is. Already confusing, uh, the term game doesn't even necessarily differentiate a video game from a board game or a card game or a dice game or a party game, which are also games. You know, chess is a game, and yet we've lumped that in the same word as uh, Fallout 4. And so those are two vastly different experiences, but they're both games, and they are both games, but we need other terms. And I'm kind of jealous of the way that other industries have other terms, right? So you look at film, there are movies and there's film, right? And often that simply means that films are of a greater quality or the subject matter is more important, right? But we have these two different uh, terms, movie and film, and then there are books, and then there's literature, right? So there's distinctions Uh there. We also have uh, adjectives like nonfiction, or we have terms like the documentary to help differentiate media within itself, not just across lines of genre, but across lines of intent and what kind of experience one is going to have. And we don't quite have that vocabulary, I feel, in games. You're starting to see it develop. You're starting to see terms like games for change or serious games, casual games, hardcore games, uh, advocacy games, pervasive games. But I don't feel that these terms have quite fully coalesced to where they're very clear in the marketplace and everyone really understands them for what they are. And I think that's part of the problem and the challenge in reviewing games is that Oftentimes, the reviewer has to spend some time trying to educate the reader on what kind of experience they're in for. Sure, sure. So, you know, what we're we're caught up in with the
1: podcast is about reviewing. And so could you talk us through maybe the different types of reviews that exist for games and maybe, you know, I guess by – you know, by maybe genre or um, style of review? Like, where would you find um, people who have these kind of critical conversations about games?
0: Well, I think that the most common review you see, at least uh, for games, is the purchase decision review, if you will, which is dominated by whether or not you would like this game and whether or not you should buy it, and oftentimes how much money you should spend on it, how long is it, therefore what value does it provide? And that's a useful review because oftentimes that's what people want to know. Should I buy this? Will I enjoy it? But I think that that only captures a small space of what reviews can and should do. I mean, think about a purchase decision review on something like Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, about asking the question of whether or not you should buy the play or go see the play, or how much money should you spend on going to see Romeo and Juliet? It's kind of an absurd conversation to have, right? Because that's not the point of Romeo and Juliet. Right? Any interesting review of Romeo and Juliet is going to talk about its cultural impact and the deep themes about humanity that it explores. And we don't have that conversation about games as often in our reviews. And I think we should because that really answers the question of what kind of impact the game really has on the world and how to compare it against other classic game experiences that have existed before. So right now you go to IGN, and um, IGN, they do a great job. They They – are managing to try to help provide the answer to the purchase decision question very quickly and efficiently. But they do also give a nod towards whether a game is going to be remembered 10 years from now and what its place is in the world of of other games. I think they do a pretty good job. But you don't necessarily get that kind of quality of critical review from user comments, right? (laughs) It's, It's a different kind of thing.
1: Right. So I guess what you're saying here is is that, you know, there's this one layer of, of criticism that's just based from a consumer perspective. But then if you search, you could find this other much more substantive conversation about a game.
0: Oh, yeah. I love the world that we live in in the sense that you can get a thousand different types of reviews on most anything you want because the Internet is so diverse. So. There's nothing discouraging about this conversation. You can always find a portal that's going to give you the angle that you're looking for. If you really are looking for a two-sentence condensed description of whether or not to go buy a game, you can go out and get that kind of review. And if you're looking for you know, a, a whole chapter worth of information about the effect of a game on its players and where it stands in the culture, I mean, you can get that kind of review as well. It's just not as common. It's not as marketable, quick and easily, and digestible. Sure, sure. Now, there's there's one
1: specific game that that you know we we want to talk to you about, and that's the title of the game is, is that Dragon Cancer. Can you tell us a little bit about what this game is for subscribers that might not have heard about it?
0: Yeah, this is a extremely interesting game because it's basically an auto autobiographical piece uh, created by the Green family, which explored the uh, the their son Joel who. Has cancer at the age of one, and then he ends up, I won't tell you what happens in in the game, but they explore this experience in their own life through a game. They didn't choose to write a blog entry about their son's cancer, you know, posting on Facebook as their expression of it. They didn't write a story. They didn't write a poem. They wrote a game to explore how they felt about it and to tell others about their experience, and that's amazing. We don't have many examples of people doing that, um, I'm glad that the game industry has reached the point where it is approachable uh, as far as being able to afford to create a game like this to express oneself and express a life experience and share that life experience in an interactive form, and that's what the game does. And so, as as such, it's quite an achievement, and there are a lot of very glowing reviews about it in places like Wired Magazine, you know, um, big publications that are applauding the fact that it's a new kind of game that we haven't seen much of.
1: And so is there, uh, does this fit into some sort of genre of
0: game that might
1: help describe what it is?
0: In a way, uh, I would say that it's somewhat like a, a nonlinear narrative. Uh, some people might use the term interactive fiction. Uh, and this points to our earlier discussion of what names do we use to distinguish different kinds of, of games because this is not the typical kind of game that people are used to. I feel like when a lot of people think of games, they think of small, quick, casual experiences like, you know, Candy Crush Saga or they think of big, long, epic action games like Call of Duty, and this is not like either of those things. It doesn't even necessarily live in the spectrum between those two games because the gameplay is rather light and periodic. And most of your experience with the game is exploring the world and deciding when and where to hear the story of what transpired in their lives. Sure, sure. And so
1: um, that brings us to, I guess, um, reviews and criticisms of the game. And and we, you know, we point we're, or we're going to point to the um, to the. Uh, metacritic site of the uh, of this specific game and so i think you've had a chance to take a look at that and so what for people who are not familiar with metacritic what are they seeing as far as a review taking place on this site of this specific game
0: well for people not familiar with metacritic its main goal is to aggregate several different critiques in order to come up with more of an average score so it's really a statistical technique if anything else in order to get a, a grand total average of other reviews from other sites. And as such, it's certainly the case that most of those sites seem to be in more of the purchase decision mold as far as their review, and very often they're trying to create specific scores for a game, you know, one out of ten, let's say, or one out of five stars. And they'll even often have different scoring metrics, like they might have a specific score for the graphics of a game, or the gameplay itself, or, or the story—they—they they have their different techniques, and that's a really odd way to review that Dragon Cancer, because it's a game that was never designed to be high fidelity in its graphics. Its impact is meant to be emotional. Right? There's a lot of people that have said that they've cried from playing the game by playing the game, and. It's not because of the graphics. The graphics are are laudable, but they don't compete with the call of duties of the world. So you're not really gaining that tear-jerking experience because everything looks realistic uh, or because of the animation performances that are there. You're crying because of the themes that are present in the story and the the tragic nature of imagining your child having cancer. That's heavy. So that's a, a thematic Technique, So it's hard to say, what score would you give it for the graphics? Like, well, it's not that high. What score would you give it for the gameplay? Well, the gameplay is light and sporadic, and it, it can be a little clunky in some places gameplay-wise. But that's okay, because the game is still a phenomenal experience, and so it wouldn't necessarily have a high gameplay score. But as you can imagine, it's not like IGN has a specific score for emotional impact. Right? It's not something we typically score for, In a game review so you wouldn't expect that Dragon Cancer to score as highly as some other games and and it hasn't and so it's almost like it's begging to be reviewed in a different way and so then I think you you get those problems and that dissonance in the reviews where some reviews are extremely high maybe even uh, too high of a review Um, but it's reviewed by someone that was drastically affected by this game and they really love to see games like this and they give it a high score And then you might see a review that's incredibly low from someone who wasn't looking for an emotional experience, let's say, but they wanted something that gave them a lot of replayability, and they wanted to have fun, and the game certainly isn't trying to be fun. So if fun is your metric, well, then, yeah, the game's not going to score nearly as well. So uh, it really calls for a different technique, I think, in order to view this uh, for what it is
1: yeah great. I mean, it's you know you're you're absolutely correct here because you know looking at the website, you know you have to really kind of understand it, it's giving you um, it's giving you a review of a product based on some quantitative measure as opposed to qualitative things. you have to kind of dig into the site to get the qualitative um, you know evaluation of this material.
0: yeah, I think that's a good way to apply terms to this because it is meant to be an experience that is qualitative in nature, right? It's like how rewatchable is Schindler's List, right? It's not designed to be viewed over and over again. It's not meant to be a summer blockbuster movie that you just jump into the theater with some popcorn and just kind of have some fun. It's not meant to be that. And so you can't review it through the same lens as a a superhero movie uh, to compare Schindler's List. And this is in in some ways like a, a Schindler's List for games because it's trying to do something different.
1: So this this is the last question that I want to ask you, and it's it's speculative, and it's asking you to take out whatever crystal ball you might have in your desk right there. <laughs> but do you think that you know if games like this that really do not fit well in this kind of reviewing metric and reviewing categories things like this, if there eventually becomes a critical mass of, of of games like this, do you think there will eventually be this alternative? Um, method of review that sort of might be more esoteric or more academic in nature than exists currently?
0: I think you see that. I think you see that in smaller niche websites that have a different goal in their aim, you know, more indie websites that are reviewing indie games that are not necessarily just looking at a game for the purchase decision and how much gameplay and what price should I pay for it, but they're looking at a game to make them think or to change the way they act or to educate or to inform. They're looking at games to accomplish those other goals and not just for for pure entertainment value. So I think that those sites exist. They'll continue to exist. And I I feel like if we're looking at the future of this that you will start to see some bigger, larger portals and media websites that – Are catering to that audience as that audience continues to grow and starts to understand that these games are out there we're still in the process of letting people know that these kinds of games exist right when you read the those articles uh, like in wired and so forth a lot of the article is spent just reveling in the fact that these games do exist and the reader I feel is often just learning for the first time that someone made a video game about their experience with their child having cancer and their mind's kind of blown just at the idea of having that. Once we get beyond that to the idea, well, of course people make games like that, then I think we can start to build that critical mass of a website that reviews it from that standpoint. And, uh, and so I think it'll, it'll move beyond uh, what you see in some of the Metacritic uh, user reviews right now, which is that there's this whole conversation about whether that Dragon Cancer is even a game, which is kind of an odd question to ask. Because the who cares what name we apply to it? We still want a review that describes what kind of experience this is and whether or not I would enjoy it or whether or not, even if I don't enjoy it because it's not necessarily fun, should I still experience it in my life? And so uh, it's just ironic to me that we talk about whether or not it's a game when I think very few of the people that are having that conversation are actually presenting a definition of what a games are in order for us to even have that conversation. And it's an odd discussion to have in a review, right? There are whole books and articles written about the definition of what a game is. And very oftentimes, no one's linking off to those books to discuss really what the definition is. I think they're using a shorthand to say that this is not like most game experiences you've seen before. But I think it's a rather tragic turn of phrase to say it's not a game. I think that's somewhat insulting to the Greens who created this And I don't care what you want to call it. If you want to say it's uh, interactive fiction or just an interactive experience or what name it goes by, it's still well worth your time and quite an achievement that they've created. So I wouldn't insult it by questioning whether or not it belongs under the term game. Well, great. I I want to thank you for joining me today. Great. It was a fun conversation.
2: We'll have links in the show notes to some of the coverage of the game That Dragon Cancer and the critical commentary around that game and around serious gaming on the H Podcast Network.